0: Have you ever wished that your world had more magic?
1: Or that your favorite character had survived?
0: How about a full-length spin-off of your favorite childhood series?
1: We have a podcast for you.
0: Hello, everyone. I'm Claire.
1: And I'm Kat.
0: And this is Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction.
1: The dead of time.
0: Each episode, we read a chapter of this story.
1: Which is rated explicit for language and adult censiation.
0: So listen with headphones,
1: or don't. We don't judge.
0: Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. All right, Kat. What happened in last week's chapter of the dead of time? A lot of good stuff. <laughs> uh cat, we're gonna need a few more details than that. Uh, I don't remember. It's okay. This is actually I think kind of becoming your signature and everybody appreciates it. Um so last chapter was super exciting because it started on my birthday. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, it's aftermath of Bellatrix carving into her arm and all that kind of crap um, and Draco has just killed his God damn it, no, yes, chapter nine, Draco just killed his dad, and so this is the aftermath of that, so um. Draco says that he was recruited by Snape to be a member of the Order of the Phoenix. Gasp. And um Draco's trying to assure them that he's on his side. Harry and Ron, of course, don't believe him. He takes Veritaserum and says that his allegiance is to his mother, not to the Death Eaters. He's only a Death Eater because he had to be. Um, uh, Hermione is obviously in a ton of pain because she had her arm carved into. Um, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba then uh dobby they all went to shell cottage draco said that he was going to try and help them get whatever it was that was in bellatrix's vault because bellatrix was you know super freaking out when she saw the sword because she was like oh my god you were in my vault why were you in my vault and so clearly something important is in her vault if she doesn't want anybody in her vault so um the assumption of course is that there's a horcrux in the vault which the books tells us there is um, but anyway, so Draco says that he's going to try and get it out of the vault for them. And then all they have to do is jump him as he's coming out of Gringotts and get the Horcrux from him. And Draco assures them that when he finds out when he's going to Gringotts, he will send them a Patronus. Which, what is a Patronus?
1: The shiny ghost looking thing.
0: Yes which is useful for both beating off Dementors, not beating off Dementors, beating Dementors. You don't be ill. Oh, no, that visual is so, oh, God. Oh, no, I need to stop closing my eyes It gets worse. Oh, oh they give you the kiss of oh, death. Oh, and it's God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, no, no. Why would you say that? it was funny. I don't know. It was funny, but ah. Uh. Anyway, so you can also use Patronus to send messages as seen with Kingsley Shacklebolt sending the links early on at the wedding to warn everybody that the Death Eaters were coming. And then again, when the weasel showed up with uh, for Arthur Weasley to tell everybody that they were okay and not to contact them. Did you just them. call them weasels? No. Weasley sent a weasel. His Arthur Weasley's Patronus is in fact oh, I a weasel of the weasels. I was like, that's not their name. You know, I might have I listening to the episodes, it like hurts my soul cuz sometimes I mess up names. Like there was something where it was supposed to be Snape, but I called him Sirius. And yeah, no, I don't know. I just
1: Hey, I I I spelled sticker.
0: <laughs> I keep swapping names and I'm sorry. They should make sense if you just keep listening. It should resolve itself if it doesn't just yell at me over your radios. God knows I yell at enough of my podcasts. (laughs) Well, I mean, I listen to mine in the car, so it's playing over the radio. Or the car stereo system, whatever you want to call it. I'm a 90s baby, okay? I call it a radio. Get over it. I remember tapes. I was
1: bored the save you, you are muggle, I know.
0: I'm older than you. a couple months. 3 months and 2 days.
1: Whatever. I'm going to I'm going to outlive you.
0: Anyway. That's fair. That's that's definitely fair. I do way dumber shit than you do. You're probably going to outlive me by a good 30 years. But anyway, so back to the recap. Um so Draco assures them that he's going to help them because he is a member of the Order of Veritaserum proves it. He sends his mother off with the gang. And Sirius says that he's going to take her to Andromeda's house. Um, and then when they get to Shell Cottage, uh, wait, hold on. Okay. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, Sirius takes Narcissa to, um, Andromeda and Remus and Tonks and Sirius and Remus kind of get into it. And Sirius is like, you knew, didn't you about the scar and Bellatrix and the manor? And Lupin was like, yeah, but she made me promise not to tell you. So uber confusing uh, for those who haven't read the story before. And um, they're hinting at a lot of stuff heavily, but you're not sure what it is. Um, and then Andromeda and Narcissa definitely like were screaming at each other and then they realize they're both widowed, and so they're good now. Um, and then uh Hermione and Gang are back at Shell Cottage, where they have all of the wands that they took off the snatchers. Everybody takes a wand that they're comfortable with if they can't find their original wand, and then they have a whole stack of wands that need to be destroyed, and so they have Dobby break them.
1: Blah well, bam.
0: And that's it. I think my Dobby, your Dobby voice was my favorite part of last episode. My Dobby voice was horrific, but yours was fantastic, so. Also, if I sound like I'm dying, it's only because it's freaking cold in Tennessee at the moment and super dry.
1: <sighs> I'm sweating my butt off.
0: I hate you just a little bit. So, um, do you know what chapter this is? 10! Chapter 10! Look what we did. Look what Jesus did. Right? No, but for real, for those of you who are listening, we really appreciate you getting us to chapter 10. This means there are only four chapters left in episode one, at which point we will take a one-week break to hopefully record a bunch of episodes for season two so we have a better stack to uh, moving forward. But... um. Actually, that may end up being a two-week break as we try to stack episodes for the following season, but we will let you know closer and to the next. please,
1: somebody during our break, ask us where we are so we can say we were on a break. Please do
0: that. <laughs> That'll amuse me. What are you coloring? I can hear it.
1: I'm not coloring nothing. That's in your head. Those are the voices. You're scratching
0: something or drawing something. I am There's not- something going... T- 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 t-
1: the voices in your head. I will stab you.
0: I will find you. And you. I, will kill you. I will kill you. Yes. Okay. Good times, good times. Um without further ado, here is chapter ten. Not ooh, I moved my mic. Without further
1: Not A Killer.
0: <laughs> not a killer. Chapter ten. April thirtieth, nineteen ninety-eight. It has to be there, Hermione insisted. She was adamant that we'd broken into her vault. They had circled this argument before. Bellatrix's behavior at Malfoy Manor the month prior had implied that something important was housed in the Lestrange vault and not just an imitation of the Sword of Gryffindor. Unfortunately, there was no way to get inside. Ron suggested Polyjuice Potion, but without a piece of Bellatrix to use, that was impossible. Harry wanted to return to the manor to see if he could find something to use, but Sirius refused to allow any of them to risk themselves on a suicidal mission. Hermione wanted to ask Narcissa for help. She was Bellatrix's sister, after all. But Sirius explains that since the Horcrux would be hidden in the Lestrange vault. God damn it! I fucked up in the review. I revealed things that are going to happen in this chapter.
1: Well, I don't know that.
0: You don't know that. Whatever. Some of them may not forward. know it's that. Not like it was a major. <laughs> It wasn't a major plot point, I'm sorry. I mean it is, but whatever. You're about to hear it anyway. Yay. Um Hermione wanted to ask Hask <laughs> has- Oh my this it, is gonna be a long time. Nobody chapter, has y'all. you. I will fight you.
1: Okay, hunky.
0: We don't talk about that. I kid, I kid. Hermione wanted to ask Narcissa for help, she was Bellatrix's sister after all, but Sirius explained that since the Horcrux would be hidden in the Lestrange vault, Narcissa had no claim to it despite being a blood relation to Bellatrix, not while Rodolphus and Ravistan Lestrange remained alive. It was Ron who then proposed hunting down the Lestrange brothers and killing them, after which everyone in the room proceeded to ignore him. Harry suggested asking Griphook for help, which Sirius shot down quickly. He insisted Griphook would turn on the lot of them faster than Creature had betrayed them. Which is exactly what happened in the movies and the books. They had nearly given up hope when they were handed the Horcrux on a silver platter. That silver platter arrived in the form of a dragon... (laughs) That silver... Shut up! (laughs) That silver platter arrived in the form of a dragon Patronus that burst into the kitchen at Shell Cottage late one night. All occupants, save for Harry, Hermione, Sirius, and Ron, were asleep. Hermione admired the intricate beauty of the Patronus as it hovered for a few moments before opening its mouth and speaking with Draco Malfoy's voice. Potter, I have information you may be interested in. The Dark Lord wants me to go to Gringotts with Rodolphus in order to fetch an item of great importance. He was enraged to find out that not only was Bellatrix killed, but the sort of Gryffindor might be missing from her vault. We're headed to Diagon Alley tomorrow. If you find this information helpful, I'll expect to be accosted outside Gringotts. Let Granger or Black be the one to engage us. Weasel might hurt himself. Ron glared at the as the dragon vanished. Prick. Hermione ignored him, practically vibrating with excitement. Did you hear what he said? Ron glowered. Yeah, I heard the ferret. It wasn't a ferret, it was a dragon, Hermione corrected him, annoyed that he was focusing on childhood rivalries instead of the amazing gift they'd just been handed. How come he gets a dragon? Harry asked, looking deflated. Hermione observed the wizards sitting around the table, each looking put out by the appearance of the Patronus, Sirius included. She narrowed her gaze at each of them. Are you joking? Malfoy is offering to deliver us a horcrux. And you have decided, instead of celebrating, to have a pity party over the fact that his Patronus is a dragon? Ron frowned. Mine's just a stupid dog. Hey! Oh, sorry. Hey, Sirius barked. I take offense to that. Mine's a dog, too. Well, of course yours is a dog. You're a dog. Ron countered. Mine's a stag like my dad's, Harry added, clearly trying to make himself feel better. Well, then how come I got a dog? Ron whinged. It's nothing to do with me. Hermione smacked the back of Ron's head. Oh, for crying out loud. You think my otter has anything to do with me? Sirius's eyebrows raised, and he looked at her with a confused expression. Your Patronus is an otter? Oh, sorry. Your Patronus is an otter? Hermione put her hands on her hips. Yes. Got something to say about it? She asked. "'daring him to poke fun at her otter. "'But there was a heavy knock on the front door, "'and everyone's head turned. "'Bill came running out of his bedroom, "'concern splashed across his face, "'pointing his wand at the door. "'Harry, Ron, Sirius, and Hermione did the same. "'Um... "'Who is it?' Bill demanded. "'It's me!' "'Oh, crap, I can't remember what his voice sounded like. "'It's me, Remus Lupin!' "'came a voice over the howling wind. "'I am a werewolf, married to Nymphadora Tonks, "'and you!' The secret keeper of Shell Cottage told me the address and said to come in an emergency. Remus fell over the threshold when Bill wrenched wrenched the door open. He was white-faced, wrapped in a traveling cloak, his graying hair windswept. He straightened up, looked around the room, making sure of who was there, then bellowed, It's a boy! We've named him after Dora's father, Edwin Remus Lupin. Hermione shrieked, Congratulations, Remus! And rushed to him.
1: Hey, Claire, you want to go with Secret? Are you pregnant? His name is Edward. You called him Edwin. God
0: damn it. (laughs) Hermione shrieked. Congratulations, Remus, and rushed to him, wrapping her arms around his waist. He hugged her back with enthusiasm and kissed the top of her head. Sirius grinned brightly. Tonks had the baby. Yes, yes, she's had the baby. All around the room came cries of delight and sighs of relief at the news. Congratulations! Fleur squealed. Blimey, a baby! Ron said, as if he'd never heard of such a thing before. Yes, yes, a baby boy. Remus repeated, looking dazed by his own happiness. He strode around the room, er, strode around the table, and hugged Sirius, then Harry. The scene in the kitchen of Grimold Place might never have happened. You'll be godfather he asked as he released Harry, his eyes lingering on Hermione's smiling face for a moment, as though he wanted to say something to her, but held back. Me? Yes, you, of course. Dora agrees. No one better. Hey, Sirius protested, his brows furrowing as he sat back down. I'll have you know I'm the only one here who has experience in the act of godfathering. Mm, poor Sirius,' Hermione smirked and walked up behind him to place a kiss on the top of his head and pat his shoulder consolingly. Realizing what she had done, she stood up straight and cleared her throat before crossing the room and kissing Harry's cheek while muttering, "'Congratulations, Harry.' Her surprising act of affection silenced Sirius, though he kept his arms crossed over his chest in mute protest, and she could hear him grumbling under his breath, "'It's not like I'm your best friend or anything.' Bill hurried to fetch wine, and Fleur persuaded Remus to join them for a drink. I can't stay long. I must get back. Remus, looking years younger than Hermione had ever seen him, beamed around at all of them. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Bill had soon filled all of their goblets. They stood and raised them high in a toast. To Edward Remus Lupin. Teddy, Remus saluted joyfully. A great wizard in the making. A wizard? Hermione questioned him knowingly, emphasizing the word to make a point. Remus grinned at her brightly. Yes, a wizard, he replied, and kissed her cheek. Thank you, Hermione. Who does he look like? Fleur inquired. I think he favors Dora, but she thinks he looks like me. Poor lad, Sirius snickered, and Hermione glared at him, but Remus just laughed. Not much hair. It looked black when he was born, but I swear it turned ginger in the hour since. Probably blonde by the time I get back. Andromeda said Dora's hair started changing color the day she was born. Remus drained his goblet in one large swallow. Oh, go on then. Just one more, he said, beaming, as Bill made to fill it again. So, have I missed anything important over here? Hermione, Harry, Ron, and Sirius all shared a look before Sirius finally spoke. "'Nothing you need to worry about, Mooney. You've got a wife and a kid to take care of. In fact, since you've hurt my very soul by not making me the godfather of your firstborn, I'll accept your apology in the form of you staying inside a locked and warded house with your family.' Remus rolled his eyes. "'Until when?' "'Until I send you a Patronus,' Sirius retorted, his tone darkening. "'I'm not joking, Remus.' The only reason you or Tonk step foot out of your door is if Hermione or I tell you to. I mean, that's such like a weird turnaround from like, yay, you're having a baby. Also, never leave your house ever because you might die. (laughs) Hi. Hey, you alive? (laughs) I'm making sure you're still alive. You haven't had much commentary
1: i'm not inspired
0: you're not inspired but
1: both boys were deep in their goblets now that's something to talk about (laughs) you haven't even said that yet sorry
0: no i haven't gotten there yet Goddamn. uh shocked to have been included hermione looked back and forth between the friends having expected remus to be as confused as her or for sirius to take back his words when neither did as she assumed they would she glanced at harry and ron to silently ask them But both boys were deep in their goblets. Fine, fine, I'll occupy my time with late night feedings and dirty nappies, Remus said, chuckling. Now, I really must get back. He declined another goblet of wine as he got to his feet, pulling his traveling cloak back around himself. I'll try and send some pictures in a few days' time. Everyone at home will be so glad to know that I've seen you. After fastening his cloak, Remus made his farewells, hugging the women and clasping hands with the men. Damn, bro, can't even hug the guys? It's your your best fucking friend, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro.
1: Come at me.
0: Be a bro, bro. Oh my god, Claire, don't say that. Fight me, broski. Get me a brewski, broski. No. You're no fun.
1: I know.
0: Godfather, Harry. Bill grinned and patted Harry on the back. Yeah, Harry smiled, clearly still dazed by the request. Serious? what does a godfather even do? (laughs) Yeah, right. He makes you an offer you can't refuse. (laughs) I mean, you've been a godmother for how long now?
1: Yeah, but I barely see the kid.
0: Could be worse. No one's been willing to trust me with their child yet. I do not have a god in front of my parent name yet.
1: Well, luckily I have no sibling, so you're a god aunt.
0: Boom. (laughs) I'm not exactly an expert, Sirius shrugged, looking sadly down into his goblet of wine. You just... take care of him. He's your family now, as good as yours. Keep him safe. The first couple of years are relatively simple, he counseled, looking as though he was trying to sweep away the sadness that had suddenly clouded the conversation. Spoil the hell out of him. With a loud sigh, he set his cup down on the table and cleared his throat. All right, enough of this sappy nonsense. We've got a Malfoy to mug tomorrow. May 1st, 1998. The plan was simple. Sirius operated to a back street, just off Nocturne Alley, immediately shifting into Padfoot and making his way to the end of the road, where his focus could be glued to the entrance of Gringotts. Ron had been transfigured and was now sporting black, messy hair that fell past his ears and a long goatee. (laughs)
1: ew that's not a good look for his pasty white dude i'm
0: totally picturing like a (laughs) rasputin style he looked like a displaced death eater from durmstrang more igor karkaroff than weasley it was the best any of them could come up with on such short notice harry and hermione were hidden beneath the invisibility cloak eagerly awaiting sirius's signal The plan had been—that was, was me that? yawning and then apparently whistling through my throat. Fight me! It sounded like <laughs> you were going through a
1: tunnel. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I don't like you right now. Are we mean? Why are you mean to me?
0: And Excuse I mean me. <laughs> Our friendship.
1: We need to we need to work on how we show our love yeah, i know every time i listen problem. to the show i'm like
0: wow we're both really like assholes <laughs> we're an we are infection. but it's like consensual abuse consent is key kids uh, I'm, I'm
1: broken. <laughs> okay <laughs> Say something, but I was like, I don't know if that's correct because I don't know anything about that. And then I was like, that's weird. So I'm just gonna be quiet. <sighs> okay, come on.
0: The plan had been to stake out the bank and wait for Draco and Lestrange to pass by, and then attack them when they exited, hopefully with a Horcrux in hand. Ron was supposed to stand guard while Harry and Hermione attacked. At which point Sirius would rush in and snatch up the package, and the four of them would apparate back to Shell Cottage. It should have been simple, all things considered. What they had not planned on was Voldemort's loss of trust in Draco. Whatever happened at Malfoy Manor after their escape remained unknown to them, but the morning before the plan to convene in front of the Gringotts was set to go, Harry had a vision. Despite helping Harry with his occlumency, Sirius could do nothing when Voldemort's experiences bled through the connection while Harry was sleeping.
1: Harry had a vision, like... That's so Potter. It's the future I can
0: see. You're only singing Sorry. that because she just got voted off of Masked Singer a while ago.
1: Yeah, and also because Kaylin Allen, who works for Ellen, just got Disney Plus, And on his um, freaking Insta story, he was watching it and he taped the beginning of the intro and nice. he was singing it. So it's in my head. So his fault. <sighs> Siri has heard oh, wait, 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 the screaming.
0: Wait. But we're doing a flashback. Do you remember what we do for flashbacks?
1: We speak loudly because it's in capitals.
0: There's a lot of rewinding.
1: You
0: sound like a white voice. <laughs> you sound like a white right, voice so- machine. Sirius heard the screaming and pulled Harry into his arms, holding him as he thrashed for several minutes. When Harry eventually opened his eyes, gasping for breath, he informed everyone that had gathered around, due to his screams, that Draco had been attacked with legilimency. "'I saw everything,' Harry said, panting. "'He kept up the lie, but Rodolphus told you-know-who that Malfoy might have been involved in Bellatrix's death, so they got him while he was sleeping. This isn't new. It's been happening since we escaped. They've been torturing Malfoy, trying to see if he'll eventually break until the truth.' Hermione visibly flinched, and everyone, Sirius included, saw the way she wrapped her arms around herself when Harry brought up Draco being tortured. Sirius himself felt a deep rage over what was being done to his young cousin, but his priorities needed to remain the same. We stick to the plan. It could be a trap, Ron said cautiously. If it is, then Mal—er, sorry. If it is, then Malfoy's bait, Harry said wiping sweat from his brow and prying himself at a serious grip. I don't like the prat, but I won't let him be another casualty in this war. Even if it's a trap, we have to go. We need the horcrux. What crap does prat mean? Uh, it's kind of like a nicer way of saying a dick.
1: Oh, I thought that was the other word. Which other word? When they call him daft prick, that's what I thought that was, but oh well. I'm not British.
0: Yeah, daft prick is like dumb dick. No, like like dumbass. Somebody who's a prat—it's kind of like cross between being a dickhead and a brat.
1: Wow. Well, okay.
0: If we rescue Malfoy in the process, all the better. Hermione added. Sirius was annoyed, but not entirely surprised when Draco was not only incredibly late, arriving at the bank just before it closed. But, Rodolphus was no longer the only one to escort the young wizard inside Gringotts.
1: Wait, who the heck is Rodolphus?
0: Rodolphus Lestrange was married to Bellatrix Lestrange.
1: Oh. I didn't know she was okay. Yeah. Someone can be married to that? Okay. <laughs>
0: As the doors to the bank opened, Sirius's eyes widened at the sight of not only Rodolphus, but also Ravistan, Lestrange, flanking Draco, along with Travers, the Elder Crab, and Goyle Sr. following behind.
1: The Elder Crab?
0: Yeah, so Vincent Crab, the little brat that used to follow Draco around, this is his dad. Ah. Uh, yeah, so okay. like Crab and Goyle's dads. And then Travers is just a name of one of the. Wait, Crab and
1: Goyle were brothers.
0: No, 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 no. They both have separate dads.
1: But you just said Crab and Goyle's dad.
0: Dads, because it says, no. "Um, it's Rodolphus Rabistan, Travers, and then, uh, Crab Senior and Goyle Senior."
1: Well, okay. <laughs>
0: Draco looked on edge as he descended the stairs outside the bank, glancing suspiciously around Diagon Alley, his lips curled into a scowl. There was a package in his hands, hands that appeared to be covered in very recent burns. Sirius immediately recognized the results of what had to have been a flagrante curse, which was taught to the black children early on on in life, when they were caught snooping through their parents' belongings. Do you remember what happened when they tried to get the cup out of the vault? No. Do you remember when they touched things and they started to shake and multiply? Yes. Okay, so that's the flagrante curse. So not only do they multiply, but they also heat up and burn you. And so the burns all over his hands are from grabbing the cup.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, It was cruel and harsh, though he could not help but think that it would be a perfect trap to set inside a vault. Scanning the alley once more, Padfoot nodded his head knowingly when he made eye contact with Draco. Visibly breathing deep, Draco took his mother's wand in hand, quickly ducking down whilst throwing up a nonverbal protection shield around his body that was purposely evident to anyone actually paying attention. The Death Eaters, thankfully, were not so observant. Sirius shifted his form and sent a pair of stunning bells towards the small crowd, hitting Crab first, then Goyle directly after. From the other side of the street, Harry and Hermione jumped out from the cloak that hid them, shooting spells, hexes, and jinxes at the gathered death eaters. Draco disillusioned himself and slipped into the background. Draco disillusioned himself and slipped into the background with the package in hand. Spell after spell flew. Sirius took on Rodolphus, Ron fought Travers, and Harry and Hermione faced Rabastan. Stupefy, Harry shouted, but Rabastan evaded the spell. We have to end this quickly. We're drawing attention, Hermione yelled. Push them together, Sirius ordered. Ron called out, Impedimenta! The jinx hit Travers square in the chest, knocking him down between the bodies of Crab and Goyle. He then went to Sirius's side to help him fight the elder Lestrange brother. I knew it was you, Black! Rodolphus screamed. I knew the Malfoy boy was a blood traitor, and that my bellow wouldn't have been overpowered by a bloody werewolf. Sirius laughed. No, but she was overpowered so easily by a mere dog. You'll pay for what you did, Rodolphus bellowed and aimed his wand. A Ked! Hermione screamed, Confundo Maxima! From behind Harry. Her Confundo spell hit Rodolphus Lestrange before he even had a chance to finish his curse, and the man tumbled backwards against the steps. Petrificus Totalus! Ron shouted, binding the Death Eater's body. A little help here, Ron yelled, as Ravistan descended upon himself and Hermione. Lestrange- Harry yelled! Harry- What did I say?
1: Ron yelled! Damn it!
0: I appreciate you. A little help here, (laughs) Harry yelled, as Ravistan descended upon himself and Hermione. Lestrange cast curse after curse at the two. Ron stood guard over the bodies of the stunned and bound Death Eaters, while keeping eyes peeled for any potential backup. Crucio! Rabastan's curse missed Hermione by mere centimeters. Hearing the curse, Sirius spun to attack but before he had a chance to retaliate, and before Rabastan could cast another Unforgivable in Hermione's direction, a voice from behind him called out, Avada Kedavra! And Rabastan's body fell forward, pale and lifeless. Hermione gasped at the sight and looked up in time to see Draco Malfoy drop his disillusionment charm. What the hell, Malfoy? Ron screamed and stormed forward. You tricked us! Didn't I say not to let him do anything? Draco scowled at Harry. Here, get this away from me. It's given me nothing but trouble. He handed over the package roughly, shoving it into Harry's hands before turning his gaze on Ron. If you couldn't tell Weasley, or if you couldn't tell Weasel, I wasn't a part of this welcome wagon for you. Being on your fucking side has given me nothing but problems. Oh poor you Ron scoffed. Wait, so Draco set them up? No, no, no 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 no. He's on their side. Oh Oh Okay, never mind. Granger, get your boyfriend out of my face before I set him on fire, Draco threatened. Sirius ignored the squabbling. Instead, he used his energy to check everyone for injuries, since they seemed to be too busy to bother with such trivial things. Malfoy's tone, however, was grating on his last nerve. Ron, back off, Hermione directed. And he's not my boyfriend. Like I really give a shit about specifics. Well, is that it? he asked Harry, who was staring at a fine golden cup in his hands. This is it, Harry confirmed. Let's get back to Shell Cottage. Not yet. You want them to follow you? Draco pointed to the unconscious and bound Death Eaters behind them. They need to be arrested, Hermione insisted. Oh, I'll just call the R's then, Granger. Draco's eye roll was accompanied by a long-suffering sigh. Except, if you haven't noticed, they're all working for the Dark Lord. Shaking his head, his attention turned to Sirius, who was walking up the steps. Look away if you can't do it yourself. Sirius mumbled under his breath, aiming his wand at the bound Rodolphus Lestrange, who glared up at him with a viciousness that Sirius had rarely seen outside his own family. Sirius, Hermione whimpered. Draco aimed his wand and sent a killing curse at the unconscious Travers. This is war, Granger, he said, his voice cold. Sirius, please, Hermione begged. I I know this is war, but I think there's a very big difference between defending yourself in battle and killing an unarmed enemy. Sirius tightened his jaw, struggling to reach decision. Shockingly, he remembered a time when he was the reasonable one, as far fetched as that was. He normally wouldn't have given it another thought, but the look in her eyes was causing him pain, and he couldn't help but lower his wand a fraction of an inch. Bloody Gryffindors, Draco scowled and stalked over past Sirius, aiming his wand and shouting, Avada Kedavra! killing the last son of the house of Lestrange. Draco then turned and aimed at Crab but hesitated. Sirius, immediately aware of the boy's change in demeanor, approached and put a hand on his shoulder. It's too much. You can't take lives without consequences. Don't end up like him, he said, and though he didn't mention a specific name, understanding flashed in Draco's eyes. You're not a killer. Come on, let's go see your mum, yeah? Draco merely nodded. The moment was cut by a loud scream as Harry gripped his head and collapsed to the ground. "'Harry!' multiple people yelled as they ran to his side. Hermione reached quickly for the Horcrux before Harry dropped it. "'What is it?' Sirius asked, gripping his godson by the arms. "'What did you see?' Draco rolled his eyes at the theatrics and incredulously asked, "'Potter's a seer now?' "'He's... he's...,' Harry forced the words out of his mouth. "'He's coming!' Hurry, we need to just dis- apparate back. Da, 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 da. Hurry, we need to apparate back to the cottage, Ron urged. Don't be stupid, weasel, Draco hissed. He's got the R's on his side. What the hell does that have to do with anything? They can trap. Jesus Christ. They can track apparition now. Are you laughing at me for stumbling over words? No. Are you sure?
1: I am as sure as you are crazy. Oh, that's just hurtful. Bless your heart.
0: Hey now. You're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now. You're an all-star. Get the show on. Get.
1: Okay, we have to pay for that.
0: Damn. I don't know if anybody's Or does that. Gonna... I... Oh, TB. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's gonna pay for that version. Muggle? I'll apparate to
1: the cave where I stayed when I was on the run with Beyonce. Now,
0: I'm sorry. When was Sirius on the run with Beyonce? I missed that. I don't know. They went on the, on the run one and two, so he had to be there somewhere. They can track apparition now. Everyone stared at the blonde, wide-eyed in shock. That was certainly new. What do we do? Hermione eventually asked. We leave a trip... Or- we leave a trail too difficult to follow, Sirius improvised. We'll split up for the time being. Ron, set along with Draco back to the forest where you returned to us, he directed. Harry and Hermione will go somewhere muggle. I'll apparate to the cave where I stayed when I was on the run. Then we'll need to apparate somewhere else and meet up.
1: Shouldn't have been, not to like criticize her, but shouldn't have been Harry and Hermione will go somewhere, like period, muggle, I'll apparate to the cave.
0: Well, they're operating somewhere that... They they don't use muggle as, like... Muggle, please. That's not a thing. We made that up. It should be. It should be. This muggle. Anyway. um, Need a snuggle. No. Malfoy Manor. Draco offered. Ron Pale. You didn't
1: finish this sentence! Oh. Then we'll need to operate somewhere else to meet up and meet up. Oh. Claire got me the re- reading disease. I think I see
0: the reading disease. Okay. Then we'll operate appar- Well, uh, that, 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 oh my, oh my, oh my god, oh my god. this is going to be the longest chapter in the world. <laughs> then we'll need to- uh, ABC
1: Mouse is what Claire's getting for Christmas.
0: <laughs> That's just her. <laughs> <sighs> then we'll need to operate somewhere else and meet up. Malfoy Manor, Draco offered. Ron paled. What? If the Dark Lord is on his way here, that means he won't be there. The flu in my sitting room connects directly to the headmaster's office at Hogwarts. It's how Snape and I have been communicating throughout this. Sirius growled at the name, Draco groaned. Look, I know you've got a problem with him, but he's on your side and we're wasting time. We need to get to Hogwarts anyway, Sirius, Harry pointed out, his gaze unfocused as he slumped against Hermione. It's where the next one will be. I saw it in his mind. I saw him trying to figure out where to go next. I still don't think we should trust Ron began, but Harry cut him off. We need to get going, he said firmly. Can you imagine what he's going to do once he realizes the ring and the locket are gone? What if he moves the Hogwarts horcrux and decides it isn't safe enough? "'That thing's a fucking horcrux!' "'The color drained from Draco's face "'as he stared at the cup in Hermione's hands. "'He looked at Harry. "'What did you mean by the ring in the locket?' "'He's got more than one. "'We've been destroying them,' Harry explained. "'Fuck!' Draco grimaced, his face finally showing fear. Sirius growled. "'Everyone, go. Now!' "'Turning on the spot, "'they each vanished into the crushing darkness.' So, how are you feeling so far? What do you think? This is nuts. A little bit different from the uh, movie, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. See, that- I, I just am waiting for the dirty part. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I can comment better. But anyway.
0: They're coming
1: cuz all i want to do when you're reading this is okay and i'm going to age myself a little bit but in the emperor's new groove when gronk is like going down the stairs with the llama in the bag and he's like doing his own like theme music that's all i want to <laughs> do when you're reading i just want to be like da 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 da, da, da. Ah!
0: <laughs> like da da da, 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 da. <sighs> See, I was expecting something like I just want to play Marvin Gaye in the background. Boom! Let's get it on.
1: The that right now. This is action packed, man.
0: Oh, yeah, So this is more like dun, dun 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 dun
1: dun Yeah, I'm trying to channel my inner Alexander Desplat.
0: Oh, I love him. I love him so much. For those of you who don't know, Alexander Des, Desplat, or however the fuck you pronounce his name, because he's French. Uh, if you want to be super American, just call him Des Plat. Um Which is what I just did. Yep, because Cat's Super American. Um, he was the composer for movie seven and eight for the Harry Potter series. He also did New Moon for Twilight, which terrible movie, great freaking soundtrack. You know what's really funny about
1: that? Mm-hmm. Is I had no idea he actually did the soundtrack for these movies. I just pulled that name out my butt. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Because that was, like, the first composer that came to my mind, and I was like, okay.
0: Out of all the composers, not John Williams, not Harry Gregson Williams, not Hans Zimmer, Patrick Doyle, Nicholas Hooper. Now I'm just naming off all the composers from Harry Potter.
1: (laughs) I can't explain my head, Claire.
0: What is this feeling so sudden? And knew
1: I felt
0: the. Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> okay. Sirius uh... landed! Sirius landed in the small road on the outskirts of Hogsmeade that led to the cave where he had hidden years ago when he had been on the run with Buckbeak. He thought about operating directly into the cave, but he knew that if he aimed wrong, he would end up on the edge of a cliff. Before <laughs> he could take. it. What's funny now? what the fuck was so funny
1: if he aimed wrong he would end up on the edge of a cliff
0: okay is that like an he had to, is that like an <laughs> orgasm joke or something i'm missing it
1: It had to be there oh okay <laughs> hey, buddy. love me better makes me happy
0: makes me feel this way ain't nobody sorry <laughs> blame
1: it on the juice baby blame it on the juice. i took a dna test and i 100% that, that witch, witch.
0: <laughs> i doubt Lizzo will ever listen to this podcast but if she does you're a fucking queen and you are a goddess and you are everything and i love you and Harry Potter. Before he could take one step, the air was rent by a loud scream that sent chills up his arms, and his hands flew to his ears. Catterwalling charm, just fucking great! He ground, and made to disappear away, only to find that the anti-disappearance charms had been cast over the village. He scowled and shifted into Padfoot, quickly moving around the outskirts of Hogsmeade, taking back alleys and side streets when possible. Death Eaters roamed the hamlet in droves, wands at the ready as they searched high and low for whoever had set off the charm. "'Look everywhere! Potter's got an invisibility cloak, so check every corner, even if you don't see anything!' "'What about the Dementors?' called another Death Eater. "'Let them have free rein, and they'll find him quick enough!' "'The Dark Lord wants Potter dead at his own hands.' Dementors won't kill him. The Dark Lord wants Potter's life, not his soul. He'll be easier to kill if he's been kissed first, the other Death Eater argued. Padfoot flinched at the sight of a few Dementors moving in and out of the streets. He swallowed hard, refusing to make eye contact. Hacked. What? <laughs> Was it the voices? He swallowed hard. Oh my god! You are a child.
1: Oh, says the person who the other day I had a conversation about how farts are funny. Come on. And you told me that you are five years old.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. Farts are still funny. Uh, The other podcast I'm on, we, we struggled to get through the episode on penises. It's a medical podcast before anyone makes assumptions. But yeah, we did an entire episode on penile issues and we kept laughing every time we said the word penis. It was great.
1: But all three of you don't have any. So how would you know?
0: Well, there's only two of us on the show, but no, we're not like talking about what it feels like to have a penis. We were talking about weird things that happens to penises like this one. But you don't
1: have one. So how would
0: you know? Well, no, we're reading like medical stories. This one guy got a tattoo on his dick and had a permanent erection for like four months. Right? And it didn't fall off.
1: It fell off. It fell off. It fell the fuck off. I knew you were going to do that. That's why I said it that way. Tater salad.
0: God bless tater salad. For those of you not aware, uh, it's probably any of our non-American listeners. That is a bit from Ron White that is hilarious. Jesus. Okay. Longest chapter in the world. Mainly because now we keep getting... (laughs) we digress we we need a different word for we digress or maybe just keep using we digress and then just get a button that says we digress no yes
1: no yes no. yes no. yes no yes I will explain it to you offline why we cannot do that
0: another podcast does that don't they no oh okay
1: apparently you put this out of your mind but okay
0: i know you told me something about it but i don't remember what it is we'll talk about it offline (sighs) okay he swallowed hard refused yeah (laughs) oh no it gets better he swallowed hard refusing to make eye contact silently hoping
1: (laughs) hashtag shame
0: (laughs) silently hoping that none of them recognized him in this form If Sirius could sneak out of Azkaban from a cramped cell in the midst of 100 Dementors, he could manage this this handful of them. It was difficult, however, as he pushed closer and closer to the creatures and felt all of the happiness evaporating from his body. Terrible memories prickled at his mind the closer he got to the monsters, and he cringed as voices from the past echoed inside of his head. Sirius! Don't leave! Please, Sirius, don't leave me! Shaking his head and trying to breathe, he focused. As- Hashtag needy. Hashtag what? Needy. Mm. File that away for another day. Shaking his head and trying to breathe, he focused as hard as possible and continued forward past the Dementors, clinging to what little hope he had left. Finally, reaching the street that led up to Hogwarts, Padfoot ducked from sight, slipping into the back door of Honeydukes. The shop was closed, and it didn't look like it was just for the day. Death Eaters had completely taken over the sweet little town that had filled his youth with such joy. It left a bitter taste in his mouth to see it so empty and lifeless. The joy literally sucked out of it. Oh, God, that was the Bleh. Mm. Mm-mm. Don't like that. <laughs> 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 Double snort, triple snort That's gonna be a tricky game. Mm. <sighs> oh, God. Yeah, except because you don't snort as often as you should, it would have to be like a bottle of wine per snort. Anyway. He sneaked stealthily into the basement passage that he knew led to the statue of the one eyed witch, and he ran the length of it as quickly as he could. When he reached the end, he spotted a figure. Padfoot skulked forward, low to the ground, taking in the familiar face as though though she had aged twenty-plus years. Electo Caro stood at the end of a long passageway, mumbling bitterly to herself about Snape and his high-handed ways. Check the bloody passages, Electo, she said in a mocking tone. Search the seventh floor corridor, Electo. Guard the Ravenclaw tower, Electo. Like he bloody does anything himself. God, that's annoying. She's supposed to be. Padfoot rolled his eyes and made his way out into the open, whimpering softly and limping on his front right leg as though injured. Who's there? She aimed her wand before letting her gaze focus on him. Padfoot stopped moving, blinking wide puppy eyes at her, letting out a soft whining noise. Oi! Get lost, mutt! She scowled and lowered her wand. Fucking idiot. Idiot. Electo's dying scream echoed in the passageway as Sirius crawled out from behind the one-eyed witch statue, wand drawn and searching for signs of life. Lamenting that he had not thought to take the Marauder's Map from Harry, he turned back into Padfoot, knowing that it would cause less of a disturbance than his human self. Only a handful of people knew he was an Animagus. The halls were silent and empty, save for a few prefects, all Slytherins, patrolling the corridors here and there in a desultory fashion. Padfoot ducked into dark alcoves and behind curtains, waiting for them to pass as he quickly moved on, making his way towards the headmaster's office in hopes that Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Draco were already at Hogwarts, and not waiting for him at Malfoy Manor. When he was almost to the gargoyle, he suddenly realized he had no way of getting inside. Dumbledore's office was often quite easy to sneak into, with Remus as a friend. Sirius knew every suite ever made, and in alphabetical order. But... Dumbledore was gone, and his murderer now occupied his post. To his surprise, the same murderer was now descending the spiraling staircase from behind the gargoyle, his black robes billowing behind him.
1: I have a question. Yes. Okay, so in the movie, technically, this is how I understood it, Draco was supposed to kill Dumbledore, but then freaking Alan Rickman took the- whatever the crap unforgivable curse or whatever the heck it is and was like oh yeah i'm going to protect draco and then as draco was going to kill Dumbledore, he chickened out because he couldn't do it so that's why alan rickman did it because he was supposed to keep his word to the peoples otherwise he die. so is that the same thing yes
0: now the thing the underlying thing that was not apparent at the beginning of um half-blood prince is that not only did he make the unbreakable vow with Narcissa to uh, finish the job if Draco couldn't, but he had also promised Dumbledore to protect Draco and to kill Dumbledore himself so as not to allow Draco to harm his soul by committing murder.
1: Oh, so if Draco murders somebody, then his soul gets
0: Well, well, that's Whatever. the whole idea behind the Horcruxes. So when you kill somebody, your soul is split in two. And then if you do the Horcrux thing, you can take that split piece of your soul and put it into an object. Yeah. So for for example, um, Voldemort split his soul seven ways, right? So each piece of his soul, though, that is in an object is a different size. So the ring or no, the diary, which was the first one, had half of his soul because when you have one full soul you split it in two you put one half in that's half well the next time you split your soul in half you only have half of a soul to begin with so you have to put in a quarter so he really is living on a very small amount of soul
1: okay
0: but uh but yeah so Dumbledore didn't want Draco to have to commit cold-blooded murder at you know 17 so he asked Snape to do the deed got it Uh, Sirius shifted back into his human form and pointed his wand directly at Snape's throat. Snivellous. Black. Snape's voice dripped with scorn, not looking surprised to see Sirius. I'd heard rumors of your unfortunate return from the grave. Not that you were actually buried, of course. Tell me, were you even dead, or was it another poorly planned escape of yours? Sirius growled menacingly. Get back up the stairs. Snape sneered at him in reply, black eyes narrowing. I advise you to get your wand out of my throat, dog. I stopped taking your threats earnestly years ago. You really shouldn't have. Get up the stairs now, Snape. I happen to have need of your flu. Snape's black eyes met Sirius's steely stare, neither man willing to back down. And why would I possibly grant access to you? Because your only hope of surviving another encounter with me hangs on the fact that a certain young blonde Death Eater has vouched for you. And I need that fucking flu to speak to him. Sirius waited for a reply, staring coldly at his lifelong rival. If Snape was surprised by the revelation, he did not let Sirius know. And how do I know that young Malfoy is, in fact, with you? Because unlike you piece-of-shit death eaters, Sirius snarled, I don't kill children. Snape moved only slightly as he turned to the statue. Speaking of children, I can only assume by your lack of emotional breakdown that Potter still lives. Dumbledore, he said and the gargoyle slid aside, revealing once again the large spiral staircase. Dumbledore is your password? You're sick. And you are as dense as you ever were. Black, Snape said, as he climbed the staircase. If, in fact, Mr. Malfoy has informed you of my allegiances, then you should know that the headmaster's death was, in truth, I don't want to hear it, Sirius snapped, just get me to the bloody flu. Snape glowered as they entered his office. Very well. Ah, see? I knew my worthless great-great-grandson wasn't really dead. Hiding out, was he, Severus? A portrait of Phineas Nigellus Black remarked, staring daggers down at Sirius. He is not admitted such, Snape muttered. Yet. The flu, Snivellus. "'Sirius barked. "'Snape folded his arms across his chest, burying his hands within the sleeves of his robes. "'Very well. It's open for your use, "'though it only connects to one place, "'and I can't imagine you'll be welcome company. "'I bloody know where it goes,' Sirius glared at him. "'And you're coming with me?' "'Absolutely not,' Snape said impassively. "'He's coming to Hogwarts,' "'Sirius said, his voice low and threatening. "'Now!' "'If Snape betrayed any hint of emotion, "'it was minuscule, but he did silently stalk towards the flue "'as Sirius's words sparked something inside him. "'Do I want to know who's on the other end of this?' "'Not enemies.' "'How very vague. Thank you.' "'Snape rolled his eyes, threw powder into the fireplace and spoke aloud. "'Malfoy Manor.' After you, Sirius gestured, and watched Snape enter the flames, following him moments later. On the other end of the flue, they exited a large fireplace and entered a sitting room at Malfoy Manor cautiously. The room was lit brightly with beautiful lanterns. Per Narcissus' style, every piece of furniture matched, all priceless antiques in pristine condition. The floors were well polished, exquisite art hung on the walls, and a large chandelier graced the middle of the room, the very opposite of what the atmosphere of the drawing room had been a month earlier. It was not the lovely furniture, the gorgeous art, or the polished floors that drew Sirius's focus, though. His attention was drawn to the center of the room where Harry and Ron had their wands aimed at the Slytherin. Draco, in turn, had his wand aimed back at Ron. Hermione stood to the side, screaming at the lot of them, the impatient and frustrated expression on her face rivaling the likes of Molly Weasley. Snape glowered, crossing his arms and letting out an impatient sigh. Oh, good. Our world is saved. What the hell's going on here? Sirius demanded. Sirius! Hermione turned to him. Relief on her face as she rushed into his arms, wrapping hers tightly around his waist. I-, I thought, Merlin, when you didn't show up. I'm fine, kitten, Sirius assured her, gently tugging one of her curls. What'd Malfoy do? He caught Snape observing their interaction with slightly raised eyebrow. His expression instantly shifted into a sneer when Sirius glared at him threateningly. Hermione paid Snape no attention. I don't know. Harry and I arrived, and Ron and Malfoy were screaming at one another. They drew wands, Harry jumped in, and the other with insults, and I haven't been able to get a word out of any of them. Oi! Sirius yelled, and the three young wizards looked at him. Harry grinned. "'Sirius!' "'What'd he do?' Sirius asked Ron. "'He bloody splinched me!' "'Ooh, that was a little British, but whatever.' "'Ron bellowed, his wand hand shaking.' Draco scoffed. Barely. Has he ever even done set-along operation? Honestly, Granger, I thought you'd have him better trained by now. Look! Ron held up his left hand, where two fingernails were missing. Both Sirius and Hermione stared at him, incredulously. Before Sirius had a chance to scold the boy for whinging over a couple of lost fingernails in the middle of a war, Hermione went into a frenzy, rushing forward and smacking Ron hard in the head, snatching his wand from his grip in the process. Are you mad? She shrieked. That's barely a splinch. Sirius was splinched. I was splinched. Get over yourself and get into that flue right now, Ronald Bullius Weasley.
1: Right this minute.
0: Boom. She pointed to the fireplace where she spotted Snape for the first time. Her eyes widened and she raised her own wand. You! Harry shouted, his wand pointing directly at, accusingly at Snape. His wand pointed accusingly at Snape. Sirius put a hand on Harry's shoulders. Not now. Bigger fish to fry. Better wizards to fight. But, believe me, Death Eater or Order member, he said, his focus turning to Snape. You and I, will have words. Snape rolled his eyes and freaked, reached for the flue powder on top of the mantle. I look forward to it. Boom. Chapter 10 done. Chapter 10 is done.
1: Boom. Well, bam.
0: So. Okay. Do you want to go pee first or do you want to tell me what you think?
1: I'll tell you what I think. All
0: right. Tell me what you want. What you really, really want. How much time do you have? <laughs> all right, but for real, what did you think of the chapter? Um,
1: well, I think that all of that is crazy and nuts. But, like, I also feel a tad bit confused. But that's normal. So. <laughs> but I kind of, like have the feeling that I'm not going to really understand any of this until the very end because so far I just haven't caught on to what apparently is obvious to everybody else
0: yeah that's true
1: yeah so I'm gonna be late to the party but at least I got there because that is my life
0: yep but that's okay because we do like I feel like the majority of our listeners are listening because they are already fans of the dead of time However, we do have a number of people who have not listened to this before and are completely as lost as you are. Cool. Um, and it is kind of funny because I've had a couple of people, they're like, I just need to know what happened. Start recording more. And I'm like, you could just read it. And she was like, no, I'm good. I like your version. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's and <laughs> also,
1: you try doing 154 chapters in a short amount of time. I, I, yeah.
0: Reading, reading them is not bad. Recording them is a nightmare. Yeah. Not a nightmare. It's fun, but it is it is tough. Well, scheduling, because now that you have a job. It's not even that I have a job. It's that I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I let my dog out. I go to work. Uh, I leave for work before 6. I'm at work by 7.30, and then I work all day, and then I leave at 4.30, and or I try to leave at 4.30. I usually leave at 5, and that means I don't get home until 6.30, depending on traffic, and then I have to go to bed by nine so that I can wake up and do it all over again. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fucking awful, and I hate it. And actually, no, I don't. It's it is tough, but the money's worth it. So, like, hey. Anyway, um, that is not what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about is that episode and how great it was. And well, not the episode, but the chapter. So...
1: Hey, the episode was great, too. Biased opinion. Yeah.
0: We're pretty great. Now, the real question is, okay, so they have the cup, which I don't think has been destroyed yet. Um, so what? once they destroy the cup, what other horcruxes do they have left? I know
1: about the locket and the cup and the book,
0: and that's it. So... They had something from every house with the exception of Gryffindor. Um, So, obviously, the diary is the first one. And then the ring, the locket, the cup. And then what's the one from Ravenclaw?
1: How would I know? I'm a Hufflepuff.
0: Because you've seen the movies. But they had to go into the room of hidden things, the rumor requirement, and get Ravenclaw's diadem. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Little crown thing. Um, and then there's also the snake Nagini. 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 Yeah. I had to say it both ways to figure out which one sounded better in my mouth, or which one felt right. Sounded um, better in my mouth. <laughs> felt better in my mouth. Like, there's certain words where you say it and you're like, that didn't have the right mouth feel. That was wrong. Um. Okay. But yeah, so there's three Horcruxes left. Okay. And now they're about to go on the hunt for the Diadem, which means that the Battle of Hogwarts is nigh. We're getting close.
1: Dumbledore's
0: army? Yes and no. So this is when um, Harry goes back to Hogwarts and he's like, yo, I need to find something and I need you guys to kill me some time and then there's like the big battle of hogwarts and then harry like sacrifices himself and all that kind of shit um that basically all of movie eight okay yeah because if you remember malfoy manor ends and then dobby dies at the end of movie seven so like we're right there at the end of seven beginning of eight
1: okay well i'm not as familiar with those movies because for some reason they scare me
0: Watch him, watch him again. 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 I'll stop. you going to give me $3? I can give you $3. Because
1: that's how much it's going to cost me to rent the movie because it is not free on On Demand right now. However, actually, I might be able to watch it because next week they're doing a uh, wizard marathon on Sci-Fi USA and E! So I'll get to watch.
0: Nice. Anyway, so... That is the end of our episode. We're done. Chapter 10 is in the bag. We'll be on to chapter 11 next. So we are in the countdown to the last four episodes of this season. Woo! Season one is almost done. Wild. Wild. I was about to say, Kat, I need you to be a little more excited here. All right. Um, Do you want to go ahead and take us out of the episode? Okay. Thank you. Actually, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. I need to hop into Patreon because we actually do need to adjust our list of Fox contributors because some of you beautiful, beautiful people, when you started, you were slightly lower on the donation spectrum, which is fine. Literally any dollar helps and we are just beyond amazed that people want to contribute to us it's such an honor but the other thing we have going on is that some of our people who started out at the lower end actually decided to increase what they gave us and so went from not having access to certain things to having access to certain things and um I am not going to be able to remember their damn names now, which is going to be a major issue. But, um.
1: Uh, it's beginning to uh, look a lot like
0: Christmas. Yes. I think that's the one. All right. I have her. I'm going to add her to the list, and then we're going to do our thing so Kat, you want to take us out of the episode oh can i now yeah yeah now you can uh, uh, are you sure
1: i'm sure <gasps> okay thank you for listening to another episode of fire whiskey and honey
0: a special thank you to shay alani for allowing us to read your story that was weird i don't know i didn't have anything to follow you You, you started it you made it weird
1: i did not make it weird i was reading with enthusiasm
0: all right well keep going with the enthusiasm there killer
1: okay you ruined my vibe um thank you to blue ivy creations for making our logo and for hannah beth for editing our episode
0: even though your husband broke his ankle last weekend and you still knocked it out of the park, so like, mucho thank you to you. You can find us on Instagram at Fire Whiskey and Honey Podcast, no e in whiskey, and on Twitter at FWH Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us and get extra content, please support us on Patreon.
1: <laughs> thank you to all who support us already,
0: and we wouldn't be here without you. A big special thank you to our Fox supporters. These are the people who give us more than $10 or more per month. Carissa Horton, Laura Rivers, Kelsey Malilo, Ren Oliver, Elise Wolfson, Krista Swearing, and Sophie Segatora, Amanda Quick, Jillian Foles, Martina Tomlinson, Ashley Enstrom, Claire Luciano, Ryder, Brittany Lopez, and Miranda Eskew. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Yay. Yay. Wait, crap, I think I may have missed somebody because I think we got somebody new. Did we get a new? I think we got a new one.
1: Okay, what's the new
0: one's Uh, name? Uh, 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 I don't know. I'm trying to find her. Katie, Katie pledged us $5, which makes her a dog. Thank you for being the loyalist of dogs, Katie. We appreciate your service.
1: Peace
0: out, polka dots. Okay. Honey dots. They're the honey dots. We need a better name. Yeah. Five points to whichever house of the person. Five points to whichever house belongs to the person who comes up with a better name.
1: Okay. Peace out, muggles. Peace out out. See choice. you next
0: week for another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey! There we go. <laughs> 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 this snort gets me every time. Clara, you've known me for 28 years. Get over it. Technically only like 26, 27. We met when we were two. So, Which my hubby called bullshit on and i was like no 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 we met when we were two
1: tell jimmy i'm gonna come up there and fight him for that
0: you should
1: i should he'll win but i'm still gonna fight him
0: yeah he's kind of built like a gorilla in like a really good way
1: okay and that is the end of
0: clarence sharing
1: time
0: Uh, (laughs) some of us have to go to the i just just He's like broad and strong and okay. Anyway, right. Bye, guys. Love you lots. Sharing is sometimes not caring.